You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? This is Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talking news update, where you can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman here, along with my co-host in crime, Cody Davis. But we're not by ourselves today. We are starting the epic, I'm going to call this the epic crossover. Can I say battle? Because, I mean, this is the AFC South. You know, at the end of the day, we really don't like each other. But we have our brothers from Locked On Titans and Locked On Jaguars, Tyler and Tony. What's going on, brothers? What's going on, man? You know, it's Sunday. I'm ready. I no, I normally don't fight on Sunday. I'm a peaceful man on Sunday, but I'm ready. I got my boxing gloves on today. Duty calls, duty calls, man. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, the city of Houston just changed the weather. It was sunny yesterday, nice skies, and now it's cloudy again. But I'm doing great. I actually like you guys. I don't want to fight. I just want to talk a little bit about our teams in this past season and what we can do going into next season to, to kind of ensure that things are different. So it's going to be a fun episode. Well, one thing we can all take pride in is the AFC South has been one of the most competitive divisions in the NFL the last few years. So although we all have our battles and disagreements uh, collectively, we've uh, been a pretty impressive group. So that's one thing we can all stand on. That's a fact. And that's a fact. You know, I used to have this joke and I had to let it go. I I called the AFC South the Mountain West of of the NFL. That's not true anymore because – They've been representing it and going into the playoffs and making some noise. So I got to drop that one off. But, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that's had the least amount of success here in Jacksonville. And, and even uh, TikTok Titans knows this. One of his one of his listeners or one of his guys on Twitter said, why is he so negative? Because we've had four winning seasons in 25 years. That's why I'm so damn negative. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know. It's hard it's to be positive. It is. And the fans expect you to be honest. So uh, that's why I'm so honest. And sometimes, you know, I have to be negative to be uh, as honest as I want to be. But uh, all that success you guys have had with Tennessee and and with Houston, you know, that that means something for the uh, AFC South. Well, to say one thing, I want to say one thing is those four winning seasons for you guys have at least led to a conference game. <laughs> Tennessee has right. went to a conference game this past season playing against the Chiefs. You guys went a couple years ago. We know the Colts have been uh, within the last decade. We know how that whole, that whole story played out. We are the only team in this division to not make a conference game. And so that's frustrating down here. Now that we have a franchise quarterback and we have Hopkins who – Fortunately, should not have to go out like Dre Johnson did, playing a lot of those meaningless years. We want to get to that title game, and then we want to make it to the Super Bowl. So we got some things to work on down here in Houston as well. 
What are those things, though? Because when I look at the team, it seems like they're built for success. It seems like they're built to be competitive. Uh, it's just hard for me to understand what exactly are they missing. It doesn't seem like it's something on the field. It seems like it's something off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Off the field, I just feel like we have no sense of direction now that Cal McNair is the owner, right? And you can kind of see Bob. Bob used to do a lot of things to make sure he's involved with the team daily. Uh, he birthed this team, so to speak, and he was super hands-on. Now that he's passed away, Cal McNair, I think, may have done the most questionable move, and that's prom- solidified, not promoted, but solidified, uh, Bill O'Brien as GM while he's still actively the head coach. And the problem with that is, yeah, you did a very great job at GM, but you're still complacent at head coach. There's still moments throughout a 16-game season, two playoff games where your clock management is just terrible. Your, your knowledge of where you are in the game is questionable. Your play calling is still dull and very vanilla. So on the field with the roster, we have a lot of talent. Yes, that trade to get Thompson may have been a lot, but when you look at your franchise quarterback, the one thing you need is kind of his best friend on that field, and that's the guy who's going to protect him. If this is a nightclub and he's a rapper, you need that bodyguard to make sure nothing's going to happen to him. And that's what Deshaun Watson is. He's a superstar. We have Hopkins. We have Kenny Steels, who I like a lot. Even with our tight end core, we're not asking much of them, but when we do, they are pretty solid as a unit. I believe that is Bill O'Brien in the way that he calls plays, how laid back he is, how forceful he is to do it his way or the highway. And it's only so much you can do that way in this NFL. Well, I have a question for you, Cody, and I'm looking at this Texans team. And like you guys said, you have a lot of talent on the field, but is there anywhere on the field where that talent maybe didn't perform in 2019 as, as much as you expected them to? Is there any kind of unit on the team you expected more from that didn't really produce? Of course, and it goes back to the Texans secondary. I mean, you just take a look at, just listen to the names that John just threw out. Every single one of those names were offensive players. And yes, we have a dynamic offense down here in Houston, but at the end of the day, on the other side of the ball, especially that secondary, it is by far their their weakest part of this team. You take a look at nearly every single week. I've been saying it all season long. It has been a roller coaster ride for the Texans secondary. Some games, like the game against the New England Patriots, we came in here, oh, man, the Texans secondary looking like they are actually, um, you know, worth something. They actually put in some good work. Then the, the, the very next week, we lose an embarrassing game against the Denver Broncos, and we have, we have a rookie. I believe he was starting in his very first game against uh, for, the, um, for the Broncos, and the Texans secondary just did not show up. So... To me, I feel like we have all the necessary pieces on the offensive side of the ball, but this offseason, Bill O'Brien needs to make sure that improving that secondary needs to get the job done. Because if we don't, we're going to see another repeat of, of the same season we saw in 2018 and in 2019. Well, here's the thing, though. When you say that... Bradley Roby is a free agent. Are they going to resign Bradley Roby? And they let Tyron Matthews go. And I know there's some people, Landry Locker's my boy. He works there in Houston on radio, and he always goes in 
on Tyron Matthew, but now Tyron Matthew is the champion and was voted the team MVP. How do you do that when you don't retain? Uh, and, and three years ago, they let go of uh, A.J. Boye, who's here in Jacksonville, who's probably going to be released by the Jaguars. How do you do that when you don't retain your best players? And are they going to try to keep Bradley Roby around because he made a lot of big plays? I don't know how he played all year, but I know when he played Jacksonville, he played really, really well. It's funny that you just mentioned uh, Matthews because I actually did a show, I believe not last week, but two weeks ago. I actually broke down that the Houston Texans made a huge mistakes by letting Matthews go because I compared his 2018 season and his 2019 season. Now, granted, 2018, his only year in Houston, he did not have the performance that everyone thought he, he was going to have here. But when you compare it to his 2019 and you take a look at what all of the Texans defensive backs did, he would have been the best one on this team this year. But once again, before we got Bill O'Brien, the only hope is now that last, last offseason, we had a general manager who went by the name of Brian Gang. I don't know if you know him or not. I'm pretty sure you guys do. This man made a lot of dumb decisions during free agency. And one of them was letting Matthews go. And I even posed a question to our listeners. I said, do you think the Texans made a mistake in letting him go? And for the most part, it was a 50-50 split, but a lot of more people towards the end of the day was leaning towards yes. Now, when it comes to Bradley Roby, the Texans need to make sure they keep him. I'm pretty sure they're going to. But now that Bill O'Brien is the general manager, there are a couple players on this team that the Texans need to make sure they take care of first. Those guys are Laramie Tunsil and Carlos Hyde. Once you get those two guys taken care of, I'm pretty sure they're going to see what they're going to do with Roby next. But once again, we cannot continue to lose another solid defensive player the same way we did with with Matthews. Well, I want to say this about Matthew and Honey Badger. First of all, uh, congrats to him and the whole Kansas City team for winning that championship the way they did. I was okay with him leaving because I don't think he was in the right fit for his skill set. And I also believe that Gibson, when we brought him, when we brought him in, he was much better for what we wanted. Covering the tight end, and that's something that Honey Badger really, really struggled with last year when he was in Houston. And I think when he got to Kansas City and after some time, Spag was able to get that defense where he wanted it to be, then everybody kind of turned up on that defensive side, and he just continued to anchor that defense being that vocal leader. But when we look at Roby, I want him to return. I think it's we all know Jonathan Joseph is past his age where he needs to be playing football. You know, and when you play football at 67, you, you're kind of done, uh, over-exaggerating a little bit. Um, and then we also look at we have a second-year corner that will be going into his second year next year, Lonnie Johnson Jr. He still has a lot of football and coverage to learn. And then we have Gary on Conley, who I like. We'll keep him. But what I'm getting at is Bradley Roby should definitely be at the top of our list to get a deal done. I think he had a very solid year, and I think when he was on the field healthy, he made up for a lot of what the other cornerbacks were having issues and difficulties with. Had a couple of drop interceptions this year, but those are some things where if you drop it, at least I know the other team isn't catching it. The problem with that is we are now in a 
rock between a rock and a hard place right now because DJ Reader needs to get signed. I'm on the board of uh, on the boat of DJ Reader needs to get signed as a priority over Bradley Roby. I think we may lose out on both of those guys because of the money situation. Tunsil has to get signed. We will have to see if they're going to wait on signing Watson until next season. Uh, but if that's the case, we run the risk of uh, if if we wait and Patrick Mahomes resets the, the uh, contract for quarterbacks, the market, then that could be a problem. And then there are other guys. We have uh, like 20-something free agents going into this uh, year on our roster. But if I could place any priority on any of these guys' heads outside of Tunsil, then I'll wait and see with Watson. It'll definitely be Roby and DJ Reader, but I would rather see Reader first. Fellas, let's talk about the bedroom. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You let off with a home run. Make sure you can go deep in your second at bat. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue Chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Looking from the outside, uh, I, I would think that uh, I would hold hold off on the Carlos High thing because I don't believe in paying running backs. If, if I have a choice between playing running backs, if I got to play pay Carlos High, I just go ahead and pay Derrick Henry. You know what I'm saying? The other yeah. thing is, the other thing is. It's it's a good thing and a bad thing uh, when you are in a situation where you have to make a choice on what good players to have to pay. You already uh, did not pay, and you got rid of uh, Jadavian Clowney, and and I would be very interested to find out from you guys in Houston if you think that was a mistake because I think Clowney is a transcendent player. But all the guys you just mentioned are very very good players, so that means that the team is doing something right. However. When you don't win, when you have those guys, and we're doing that here in Jacksonville, when you have guys that are, that come in and you don't pay them and then they leave, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Malik Jackson went to the Pro Bowl here in Jacksonville. It doesn't matter that Telvin Smith went to the Pro Bowl. It doesn't matter that they may not be able to keep Calais Campbell because he was here. Uh, and, and, and he's done really well on and off the field for this franchise. If they don't keep him, it doesn't matter that they went out and re-signed, that they went out and signed him. It doesn't matter that Dante Fowler had double-digit sacks and, and Jalen Ramsey is a very good player. It doesn't matter. If you don't win, it doesn't matter that those guys, the, the GM here gets, you know, Dave Caldwell. I like Dave. Dave's a friend of mine. But the thing is, is he can always say, well, look, these guys did pan out. But the bottom line is, it's about team building. Team building means something. 
Well, that's the biggest question for the Texans, the building the team. They've had all the issues that they've mentioned have been related to the general manager making questionable decisions. And that kind of leads me into my next question is now that Bill O'Brien is kind of officially the general manager, uh, how do you guys see the team being built going forward? You let, that's a great point that they let a guy like Jadavian Clowney go because they wanted to save that money and use it elsewhere. How do you see Bill O'Brien trying to build out this team now that he's the general manager? I'm okay with it. Actually, Um, when he was thrown, of course, him and the committee also with Jack Easterby, but when they were thrown into that fire of, okay, well, Brian Gain did a terrible job. We have to let him go, but we still need to manage this team. We're going to bring you in into the trust fold along with a few other guys. What can you do? Well, right before the season started, the talk of the town was we can't let Deshaun Watson go out and get another close to 70 sack season or this would be car all over again. Well, we made the trade. And like I said, I'm okay with giving up those two first-round picks. For one, you don't know what those first-round picks are going to give you. You know, they can definitely be bust. And for two, if you're going to make Watson your franchise quarterback, you have to have a bully on the other side protecting his blind side. And I like Tunsil. He made his first pro bowl <clears throat> right before the season started. We, we was about to cut uh, Martinez Rankin. Instead, we traded him for Carlos Hyde, which really helped out. Carlos Hyde gave us uh, his first 1,000-yard rushing season. And he played pretty good for us throughout the course of 16 games. Also, the in-season trade to pull off for Garyon Conley. I like that move. When guys were going down, they did not just stand still with their hands in their pocket with the talent or lack thereof at that cornerback position on the roster. They went out and got a first-round talent. And in a new scenery, in a better scheme, Garyon Conley played damn good. So I like a lot of the moves that he made. Majority of them. The only questionable one for me is Jadavion Clowney. And I personally think that was a personal move that was going on between Conley, I'm <clears throat> sorry, Clowney and BOB. Uh, but outside of that, moving forward, I have faith in him that he'll do the right thing for the team as far as bringing players in. My only beef with Bill O'Brien and the entire organization is he had difficulties throughout the course of the last few years as only a head coach and play caller. Now he's wearing another hat. That's too many hats for him. That's too many hats for him, and it it just seems like he doesn't trust his OCs or he doesn't trust his assistant coaches to do their job a lot of times, and that's where my beef comes in. But as GM, I have faith in him. And I have faith in the Titans are going through. Sorry, Cody. I I was just saying that's – a, a very similar thought over here, Cody. I I did want to uh, ask you a question first, but go ahead and finish your thought there. Oh no, I was just um going to follow up the same thing John said. Like down here in Houston, a lot of people, including myself, we really don't have that much of a problem with Bill O'Brien being the general manager. But the only problem is one, he's still on the sideline as a head coach, and two, like John said, he actually had problems just being a head coach. So now you're wearing two hats. But me personally, I actually have more faith in him as a general manager versus a versus just a head coach because John already ran through all the moves. He went out and one, he was aggressive, and two, every single move worked out in our favor, except for the Jadavion Clowney situation. But I personally do believe by the time he has stepped in to be that general manager. The relationship between Clowney and the Texans were already done. 
Yeah, that seems like it's a, a fair assessment, but uh, I do like Laramie Tunsil, so if they're going to use a lot of the clowny money to to keep Tunsil, then yeah, I guess you're right. That, that move does seem to work out in their favor. Speaking of the secondary that I asked you about in the first question as, as the disappointment, I know you guys mentioned all the talent on the offensive side, but going into 2020, is there a specific position or a group on offense that you guys still think needs a lot of work? Yeah, on offense, I definitely believe so. Uh, one thing we have to do, I think you guys may even be tired of it. Well, damn, Will Fuller's not playing again? And so I think that's an area where we have to say, hey, we got to go find a solid, consistent talent on the other side of Hopkins. I think Kenny Steels can be that guy, but however, our depth at wide receiver right now is kind of piss poor. Once Fuller goes down, that bumps up Kenny Steele's. But after that, Kiki QT has been in the doghouse all season. DeAndre Carter, uh, he hasn't been what you would want out of your third receiver. So finding another receiver, I'm okay with that. And when I look at the offense, I'm going to take a step outside of the actual roster, and I'm going to look at the coaches. And I would like to see a different offensive line coach outside of Mike Devlin. Really? That's very interesting that you said that because um, when 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 you're in Jacksonville and you look at the Houston Texans, the things that you worry about are obviously DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Deshaun Watson. But the one thing that doesn't really normally concern you is the, the offensive line because you think that's the perceived weakness. The offensive line and the secondary. Those are the perceived weaknesses from the outside looking in. So I'm glad that we're sitting here talking about it and addressing it. But but then you look at the success of Carlos Hyde, especially against Jacksonville, they had 160 yards in one game this year. And we were like, where did that come from? So um, sometimes when you have that success statistically, you then turn and look back at the, the, the play calling ability. Being up 24 to nothing, is there anything that could have been done differently in that, championship game or was it just a simple fact that they were just lucky and fortunate to be up by that because the Kansas City came out and didn't play well honestly <laughs> I think they were lucky to be up 24 to 0 because Kansas City was just not playing as well as they should have been playing but I will say this and everybody knows this you guys know this on the other side of the field we flipped the field fourth and one you don't go for it. You kick the three. All right, cool. You go up 24 nothing when you could have went up 28-0. But on your side of the field, instead of kicking the uh, punt, go ahead and punt, you go for it on fourth and third on a fake punt. So your wow. offense, who was hot, and you have DeAndre Hopkins, and you have Deshaun Watson, and you have Duke Johnson, who I really like, and I think he's a – I love to see him, what he can do with more touches. but. You have these offensive weapons, but yet you choose to go for it on fourth and three with a fake punt. Worst call I ever seen. I ain't going to lie to you. Now, I, I was in Jamaica. We were on vacation, me and my wife. And I'm looking, and I'm like, don't kick that field goal, man. Just go for it. Just send a message. Even if you don't make it, send a message to your team that we're, we're, we're trying to do this thing. We're, we're going for a title. But then when he didn't, I said, okay, cool. You know, he went for the field goal. I thought the fake punt was absolutely the worst call I've ever seen. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Just for a quick moment. It was 
ridiculous. He had the decisions backwards. He did it backwards. He made he made like the right call, but he flipped them backwards. You go for it when you're in the red zone on a fourth and short, and then you go ahead and just kick and punt when you're in your own territory. It it was baffling. I feel bad for you guys because as a fan, it's hard to lose a game. So, sometimes I tell myself it may sound weird, but sometimes I tell myself like if we're gonna lose, let's just let's just lose. You know what I mean? Just a regular loss. When you lose a game when you're up like that and the coach is doing stuff that 12-year-old kids on Madden wouldn't do, like it, it doesn't make sense sometimes. I, I do feel bad for Texans fans. I can't say that because that, that was just perplexing. I'd rather go out doing normal stuff and just get beat. And the Chiefs would have won either way, I'm sure, even if they didn't start out playing bad. But, you know, it's it's hard to have your coach kind of implode the team like that. And that has me wondering all of us no matter where you're at or where you want to be at this point it looks like you're going to have to go through the Chiefs going forward is there anything specific that you guys think the Texans have to do to be able to beat the Chiefs going forward because that's going to be the benchmark for every move that gets made by any AFC contender for the next probably decade yeah not only just the AFC but that 2017 draft class where it's still mind-boggling to me that the Bears chose Mitchell Trubisky over those two guys but and traded up for it. One of the one of the worst that'll go down in was, NFL history is one of the dumbest moves of all time. They traded up to get the worst quarterback of the three first rounders. Why? The, the thing about it was it was no need for a trade up at all. <laughs> right. They traded up one spot. What would what were they doing? Was, that well, was, nobody was nobody wasn't gonna take Trubisky. I, <laughs> I mean nobody. I, I don't know what the right Bears now. were seeing in, in him, but they're going to have to stick with them at least in the next couple of years. But when I look at what the Chiefs have and what the Texans have and what propel the Chiefs over the Texans and the rest of the NFL, and now they won the championship, they just get creative with the talent they have on their roster. And they improved on areas that they needed to improve on. So for the Houston Texans, one thing that you know, we've been crying for for the longest, but especially since Deshaun Watson have gotten here is open up the playbook. Now, when we played the Chiefs, the fake screen leak out to Kenny Steele, that first touchdown, that first touchdown to Kenny Steele to open up the game, that play was set up from, from a couple of plays before then with the screen to Hopkins that set that play up. So over the course of 16-game seasons, find ways to get creative. You know, how many times do we get the ball and the first thing we do is run the ball? And it's, stats show that when we run the ball in the first play, I think we've scored maybe like 10 points in the first quarter of the entire season. That's awful. Go out and open up the playbook. Get creative. Allow your OC to be your OC. Stop trying to micromanage everything because when you do that as Bill O'Brien, who I'm talking to, but with you guys, you're ruining the potential you have for this offense. And this is a, an offensive league, right? You, if your offense is dull, you're not going to get far. And then on the backside, stop signing guys to one-year deals. We wouldn't have to worry about Roby if we would have signed him to more than a one-year deal, especially knowing going into the year, this was a position where we needed to solidify. Make smart decisions in, in free agency and signing guys back because that's what the Kansas City Chiefs did. And they are now – the prime, who are we going to beat? When you look at the NFL, that's who you got to beat now. We're in the same Quick conference. 
Yeah, quick reset. This is Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguars, joined by Cody and John from Locked On Texans, and my man Tyler, uh, who's the Locked On Texans or TikTok Texans. Is that right, Tyler? I want to make sure I get it right. Titans, Tic Tac Titans. Yeah, yeah, Tic Tac Titans. The thing is, is man, uh, we all come together to do this. And we talk to each other throughout the year, twice a year, about these teams. And um, you guys are in a good place. And it doesn't seem like it to your fan base, but you really are. Both both the Titans and the Texans are in a good place. At some point, we'll get to uh, my business and, and my family uh, problems sooner or later. But what do you do moving forward? Uh, and, and how is the, the – uh, what's the temperature like uh, in Houston at, in terms of – because what I'm saying is – Jaguar fans will love your problems because at least you're going into the playoffs and you have Deshaun Watson. So what do you guys, uh, what's the temperature like and what do you do moving forward? And uh, uh, what, what's going to happen in terms of Bill O'Brien and, and the whole uh, deal involving Houston? And if you guys don't mind, after you kind of give us a temperature check, on on the Texans right there to kind of round us out for today's show. Also, give us a, a prediction of, of what you think the Texans are going to do in 2020 before we kind of close things up. Well, like you said, the Texans are not in a bad spot. And But here's the problem. I do believe going into this offseason, when free agency opens up, this is by far is going to be the biggest offseason in Texans history because we have the pieces we need to win. There are a couple of things that we do have problems with, i.e. the whole Bill O'Brien situation. But at the end of the day, we don't have a terrible coach. Of course, we would love a, a, a better one, but we don't have a terrible coach. Our offense outside of Will Fuller, who I hope they part ways with this offseason, if you just make a couple tweaks there, fill in some open um, problems that you have on the defensive side of the ball, I do believe the Houston Texans will be able to challenge Kansas City, not only for the 2020 season, but for years to come. Because this team is so close to being one of, if not the top team in the NFL. We have Deshaun Watson. You have arguably the best wide receiver in the game in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, we, our offensive line has looked so much better. Even when you look on the flip side of the ball, the front seven has looked pretty, pretty well. There's still some questions going on there, but at the end of the day, that's always been one of the Texans' strong suits when you talk about the defensive team. But once again, if they could fix that secondary, do something with Will Fuller, to bring in either another receiver or whatnot. And like I say, the Bill O'Brien situation, he's going to be a good general manager, but he needs to be a little bit more aggressive as a head coach because you have the talent on that team and you need to make sure you are utilizing every single player's potential to his fullest. That's the only way because I do believe if Bill O'Brien wasn't so doggone timid as a head coach, we would have came out victorious against Kansas City. Do I believe we would have continued as a blowout like we were when we was up 24 nothing? Nah, I don't, I don't think so because Kansas City is a team we've seen it time and time again. This is a team who can um, score 28 points in a quarter. 
but I do believe we would have been able to hold on to that lead a little bit more longer. So looking ahead to the 2020 season, like I say, this is going to be the most important offseason in history because if they do well, they fix up some minor tweaks that they have, this team can really chance this team can really challenge Kansas City moving forward. So with that being said, it's 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 way too early to predict, to predict where this team is going to go from here when you're looking at next season. But I'm going to say that Bill O'Brien, based off the job that he has done since taking over as general manager, I believe he's going to fix those problems. And I believe that we will be facing Kansas City again next season, but this time in the AFC Championship game. So with the two-minute warning arriving, John, what's your uh, temp- quick temperature check and, and prediction to take us out? Quick temp check. I think right now, if we're on a scale of one to ten, the city of Houston, the fan base, uh, I think we're uh, we're about a seven, and that fluctuates with the the weather down here in Houston. It goes up, it goes down. So <laughs> you never really know. There are things we have to work on. I think for the entirety of this organization, especially since 2010, uh, there's just been the, a lack of sense of urgency in a lot of areas. And we just want to win. The talent is here for the first time at a lot of positions, at the main position quarterback that it has ever been, and the Texans just want to win. Moving forward, this is the first year for forever. That's how I like to look at it. 2020 free agency draft, which we have limited draft picks. You have to do your due diligence. I know they're at the Senior Bowl. You're going to do all the things you have to do in scouting to bring in the right talent for your team. And let's just get it done. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.